This is The Topic is Trek, episode 142, for Friday, July 28th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, Uhura Sees Dead People. Hey, you got your animation in my live action. More Comic-Con news than you can stand. All that and more, right now on The Topic is Trek. Hammer Baby, Hammer Baby, one more time. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already! Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed episode of The Topic is Trek. I am one of your ho- co-hosts, just kind of messing up all the words tonight, uh, co-host Clinton. So, thankfully, beaming in to join me from Parts Unknown with a hip new catchphrase is one of my co-hosts, Mr. Craig Stepp. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll allow it. I don't know why. <laughs> yes. I'll just allow it. All right. I'm There's feeling one magnanimous. Right That's one. <laughs> you totally missed your cue on that one. And also, it's Mr. Chuck Tomasi. Giving Craig a second chance for it's hammer time. Do you do 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 do. Yeah, well, we were we were um debating the episode title and I and I had in my head um Craig's suggestion of it being hammer time. So I'm going to do I'm thinking hammer, hammer, no wait, it's it's hammer. What's going on here? Yeah. MC Hammer. That's what I get for missing my own staff meeting, you know? I don't know. That's what I get for having a staff infection. Go go ahead and start recording again. Yeah, (laughs) let's redo. That'll do it. It'll be perfect the next time. (laughs) Yes, of course it will. 143. We can't lose. (laughs) Mm, It's the charm, I'm telling you. It's the lucky number. 143 is the charm. (laughs) It's a multiple of 47. I think that line's been used. The 143rd time is the charm. (laughs) That's right. All right. Well, we have a lot to cover this evening, so we are going to do this. We're going to do uh, the first Strange New Worlds episode. Then we're going to take a break, and we're going to do... Uh, subspace chatter. Uh, of course, that's assuming that Charlie will let us do that. Then we're going to be talking about two more episodes of Strange New Worlds because Paramount Plus pulled a fast one on us and mm-hmm. gave us extra work this week. I got uh, whiplash on this week. It is like I'm crazy. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So let's begin with an appropriate sound effect Main Mission Part One. Mm, let's see. This one sounds good. There we go. Communicators. Oh, does that mean we're phoning it in? (laughs) No, it's because it's lost in translation, communications, Uhura, the whole thing. And, of course, there will be spoilers throughout. Oh, good. Then we can do this. Spoiler alert. All right. And because you played that 
Chuck, you get to do the little intro part about telling us about this episode. Oh, joy. All right. Star Trek Strange New Worlds episode two. No, season two, episode six. Let's try that again. Lost in Translation is the title of this, written by Onitra Johnson and David Reed, directed by Dan Liu. The short plot synopsis is Uhura seems to be the only one who can hear a strange sound. When the noise triggers terrifying hallucinations, she enlists an unlikely assistant to help her track down the source. Hmm. And that uh, unlikely assistant is somebody who seems to be spending much more time on the Enterprise than on the Farragut these days. It was it was uh, yeah. Google Home. He's hmm. telling. He's like telling us, Captain. I'm gonna be right back. I get to the bathroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> speaking about James T. Kirk showing up in this episode. That's what I meant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you wonder, well, why was not the captain of the Farragut showing up on the... Because... never see the captain. He had to go see his brother, Sam. He was visiting his his brother. Oh, I see. It's all about... Visiting. Maybe all about the family. Maybe the, about... maybe the captain's a delegator. You know, just... He never goes on any, you know, away teams or anything. Just... You I, go, Kirk. I'm glad we got introduced <laughs> to the Breen on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, too. Yeah. So I want to start off uh, by getting, um, I, I don't believe you have any uh, brother or siblings. Do you, Craig? He's got one. I got a brother. You I got do. a brother. Okay. Um, then you two can get the perspective on this because I have a sister. I want to get your perspective on uh, the brotherly love, brotherly rivalry <laughs> uh, going on. In this episode, I have never her. made eyebrows like that to my brother. Okay, I'm just gonna I give know. you that. That whole steering scene was just priceless. Yeah, I don't really, I don't have a shorthand like that with my brother between you know when they were just staring at each other. I could for a see while. how that would happen. I, I, yeah, could, you know, absolutely. If, if you and your older brother or your younger brother were in the same career path but in, in different trajectories. And one became wildly successful. I mean, I worked with my brother in the electronics industry for 20 years. And, and there was never any rivalry or anything. We were often on the same project teams. I, I, but I can see how this would happen. It, it wouldn't happen with our family because it, it, yeah. you, I would be proud of my younger brother if he excelled past me at doing something. Well, would I have weird feelings about, well, am I doing the right thing? Am I going fast enough for you? Is he, he's taking this reckless approach and I'm taking the slow and steady approach. I, I can see how that would happen. But well, part, one of the I'll, things that I noticed is that, that Kirk never really seems to have a lot of respect for what Sam does. Oh yeah. Wallowing in your, you know, the, I your think, xenobiology. I think a little bit of that. You don't want to, you know, uh, big in his head, so to speak, you know? <laughs> so I think that's part of what they're, what he's doing. He's like, you know, I'm not going to give him, too many compliments yeah so. but he's 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 the 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 youngest first officer ever in the history of starfleet and he can't even say good job with what you're doing there sam did you right. get the impression that their dad was still with them in this conversation it oh, was, it was. Hard to oh yeah it was it okay yeah yes yeah, I, I couldn't make heads or tails of that because like oh yeah it, maybe what they just implied it wasn't it wasn't clear no, they, to me whether they should well, go tell him or not I, I can tell you, I, I've got, I don't have this kind of relationship with my brother. However, uh, I have a, a friend that I do have this kind of relationship with where we'd be kind of, uh, he's very competitive. 
So, hey, we said we I, wouldn't talk about this on the show, Craig. <laughs> but I know we would have this a little bit of that, you know, light tit for tat uh, kind of thing without trying to, uh, like I said, uh, blow the yeah. other one's head up too big. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's get into the the main part. As a matter of fact, he's the kind of he's the kind of friend that texts me, uh, you know, a, an insult. You know, <laughs> every once in a while, I have to return one. So there's that. I don't send them often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May start. <laughs> right. So the episode starts off simple enough with uh, the Enterprise going to uh, this. Uh, it's, a, it's a nebula. They're collecting it's a nebula. some. It's a, it's a uh, you know, Pike gives a speech about how in a couple of, you know, Billion years, aliens and contact and all that kind of stuff, which when it says, oh, did I miss the speech? Oh, good. I thought I missed the speech. Oh, no. I started with a horror, but she fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I love Pike's wit on this show. <laughs> but we, we, we get to see now, is this the first time we've seen uh, the, <laughs> the busser uh, collectors, collectors yeah. collecting deuteronium? On I, the Enterprise, well, I'm pretty sure. I know we've seen it on the D. I was going to say on the D I've seen them vent it. Um, not necessarily collect it. I just couldn't recall. I mean, we get a nice close-up of this. Of course, as the episode goes along, this shot really takes on a different meaning because I like the, the, um, the imagery here that you have these blades, yeah. if you will, uh-huh. opening yeah. up and pulling in the deuterium and kind of, chopping it up yeah once you realize what's happening or you watch this a second time you're like ah no wonder they're screaming in oh, agony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you doing uh it's like a, it's like a cuisinart that they're putting those those poor creatures through actually i thought these look like salad spinners but you know mm-hmm. <laughs> not quite as that's not quite as dangerous as <laughs> unless you're the salad yeah <laughs> that's right but uh uhura is hearing voices as a result of this matter of fact the first time i think she hears them is when the enterprise does this. yeah they're on the bridge and she goes oh incoming transmission put it on it's not there play the recording it's not there uh you feeling all right uhura so play the podcast yeah. i didn't get that either yeah so she starts to freak out and and you know she's she's off trying to fix the gear now we've learned an interesting fact that the antenna is in the nacelles or, or at least it's crosswired down there or something. Yeah. I thought about that too, Clinton. I was like, I don't think we've heard that before, hmm. I don't, but I, don't I have, I have done training for my colleagues and made them rec- watch a zoom recording later. <laughs> so, this was very yeah. reminiscent. Like she's watching the yeah. recording. Do, 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 yeah. do, do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, I he- thought that was a touching moment. Cause Himmer was a uh, uh, kind of, Oh, yeah, a sense a of humor. Bit. Yeah. I won't you let you tell... blow up the ship. Just come well, here but... and touch it. Not that. <laughs> well, well, you can tell that I know they were uh, the last time they were together. You saw them kind of warming up to each other, at least him or warming up. Yeah. And then this time you see how far that actually came. You know, you mm-hmm. got to see them. Him kind of. He had a sense of humor. He's goofing on her a little bit. Um, you know, like, don't touch that. No. You know, <laughs> kind of thing. And then the nice, really nice. The nice part about this is it serves a dual purpose because. We find out that later on, she gets the inspiration for what is actually happening yeah. by something that Hammer says. You wouldn't this. want to overload the receivers. 
Right. That's right. Yeah. And and Pelia walks in on her when she's doing this, and they have an interchange. Like, why don't you talk to me? Why have you never talked to me before? I'm, well, I'm certain awkward, I have. Uh, and then you realize, <laughs> I, I love her. He was one of my best students. No, he wasn't. I just said that because he's yeah. dead. <laughs> and then she that follows it up with, how come you never talked to me? Well, let's see. Uh, you just insulted my friend. I can't imagine why. My dead friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we get, we get, and this is our first uh, inkling of something that, um, hadn't been addressed up to this point, as far as I can tell, is that people are kind of not warming to Pelia, not because of not because of who she is, her, but, but the, what she represents. She right. represents Hammer's replacement. And that that became obvious when, uh, you know, her and Una had their interchange in the shuttle later in the show. This one took a long time for the A line and the B line to come together. You had... Pelia and yeah. Una cleaning up this overdue project that was off the rails of getting this gas station online. And I'm like, okay, there may be sabotage. Okay. It's like, okay, you've got your set of problems. And meanwhile, Uhura's got her problems of hearing voices and, and seeing dead bodies everywhere. Like bring these two together. And when they did, I thought it was masterfully done. This was, this was really well written. Yeah. Right. And of course, we get a we get a um, a new uh, red shirt in the episode. You know, poor Chief. Oh, Saul um, Raphael. No, what was his name? Ramon. 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 Saul Ramon. Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't there for long. No, No, actually, uh, yeah, he was. He was a troubled soul, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And what struck me is if you had someone that seemed to be exhibiting the exact same um, symptoms as someone in your crew. And this person was close to completely losing their mind. Would you want to have that crewman standing like who is standing right there is saying, well, most of his brain is gone. Right. <laughs> as a result of this thing. That's you in 11 hours. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 Knowing that she was going to deteriorate, why would you put her on any sort of mission other than stay in sick bay? <laughs> right. And she even has to be confined to quarters. And Pike says, no, why would I do that? And she, she lists the reasons why I might sabotage the ship. Or... Pike is so trusting sometimes. <laughs> Got to get him into trouble. I'm telling you. It right. does. <laughs> Oh, wait till the next episode. It does. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I trust you fix that baffle plate. Oh, too soon. Too soon, man. Too soon. Hey, was the, uh, did you find the little conflict between Una and Pelia a little too much? I, I didn't because I felt like all the, um, the things that she was, Cause we're saying with the um, the issues, including you know, Pelly, you're a space hippie, which I oh, that was the best. Yeah, that's where I, I was kind of leaning. Called into that, a right? lot yeah. of things in my long lifetime, but space hippie is a new one. <laughs> um, right. But it it was to, to me it was to demonstrate that she's going to give every excuse possible, but ultimately none of them are the reason she's upset with Pelia. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so she says, you know, it's because you disregard rules and you're sloppy and you gave me a C and Pele just cuts to it and says, no, it's because you see me and you see that I'm replacing 
your friend Hammer who died. I thought yeah. that was great because it it shows she's been around so long she can cut through all the BS and see people for what they really are and understand underlying problems quickly in well, in people. Well, she's been around, like you said, she's been around for so long. She's seen probably every kind of situation. Yeah. That, you know, uh, emotional situation don't, between don't people. Get, yeah, don't so. give me this this crap about getting a C. I, I know what's bothering you. It, it might have come out as you, what's bothering. Tell me what what's really bothering you instead of all this surface stuff. But she was smart enough to go right for it and says, "I know what's bothering you." I like that. So speak, speaking of being bothered, these these visions that um, Uhura is having, there they seem to be all over the map. When we're first seeing them, we, of course, we find out that they get strung together. But hey, I, I thought that, that that theorization of stringing them together was a little too quick and assumptive, if that's a word. Yeah. Now, I assuming maybe presumptuous. It took yes. me a while to get the connection between what uh, Uhura is seeing, where she's in a field. Yes. And you see smoke. And then they bring her back there later. And you go, she has to explain. My parents and brother were in a shuttle. They crashed, and like, oh, that must have been what we were seeing before. Yeah, right. And then we see, then we see the close up of the shuttle. Now, we see across the river. We can see Sydney, like downtown. We see the Opera House right over there. And I said, I don't know if there'd be a park like this huge right that. Cl-. But then I realized, well, Uhura was never there. This is just all her imagination and the things that worked her up that yeah. she didn't she didn't want to go she she never saw this because she didn't want to face it so nothing here is really a representation of exactly what happened it's her mind's impression of what happened. right they, yeah. they really they, they really just crashed into the taronga zoo which is across the harbor <laughs> uh, australia <laughs> wants to kill you as we have yeah know. it's 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 Tarunga Zoo, it's named after Leela from Futurama. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. It's amazing. And what did you think? It's <laughs> the only way I can of... remember the name of that zoo. Yeah. Right. So we didn't uh-huh. get much in the way of really anything on the Spock and Chapel front. We get this scene with them playing 3D chess. It's your move. Is that not the proper response for hurry up? <laughs> So they're having this discussion about whether or not to notify Starfleet about this because there are certain rules involved and yeah. Chapel is of the opinion, well, you know, if we report it, that's going to shed shine a light on it. And we're not even sure if this is going to be something that is actually a thing. So why don't we just wait and see what happens? And that's yeah. kind of all we're getting out of this episode. With yep. this. It's, yeah. it's moved Spock forward. Says he already little. sent an email to Starfleet HR. <laughs> and I cc'd everyone on the ship by mistake. CC Enterprise. And then people keep doing the reply all take me off of this list. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it happens. Yeah. yeah. There what? there are planting the seeds though, and maybe not necessarily exactly in this episode, but as far as their relationship goes, mm-hmm. that it's it's not gonna be around too long. No, and I it, you know, if we're trying to project out into the original series, you should get to that point, right? Where they aren't in a relationship, but this would be a case of where Chapel's 
and Spock have split up, but she still has an you know unrequited love for Spock. So you still have that. You can still have that dynamic going on in the original right. series. Yeah. Did you feel like it was appropriate that, and I'm not saying that it wasn't, do you feel it was appropriate that Pike just took Uhura's word for it, that you have to destroy the Yes, refinery? that was, uh, how certain are you? I'm very yeah. certain. Uh, okay. A- uh, and then she barks out the orders and all he has to do is nod. You're like, fire! Yeah, do what she said. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little uh, uh, of a easy plot thing to she's do. Uh, still an ensign. Yeah, but what? she's she's proven herself. I mean, you know, maybe but in his are you, eyes. Are you really going to blow up this multi-million-dollar gas station that you just got to work? Right. <laughs> well, also, you can tell uh, in other situations that we've seen that Pike really does trust the people that he works with. Right. And, and yeah. so they're there for yeah. a reason, you know. So like I said, I'm not saying it was the wrong call. I just, you know, it was what you thought of it because I think it, it, it showed that there was a trust of your bridge crew that said, you know, and he does, he does look over at Kirk and Kirk nods as well. Like he's, you've got a second, opinion if you will and the second opinion says i concur with what uhura is saying yeah that this is definitely the case and you probably yeah. could have, I, I think i almost felt like sam should have been there as well to be maybe part maybe of kirk's uh commanding officer i i don't know well he's I, first he's <laughs> yeah he's, he's well i'll check with my captain and get back to you on it i do like yeah. how the uh photon torpedoes really called back to the original <laughs> Oh, they yeah. didn't. They didn't echo quite that long, but they did have that twang to them, and I went, "Ooh, yes, I yeah. like it." When yeah. uh, Ramon uh, rushes out of sick bay and they fire the phaser, you also hear a similar sound. Oh, do I have a that. phaser? Like, uh, do you have oh, it at the ready? Oh uh, no, I have the ship's phaser. Clock phasers, fire! There you go. That was. The- <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was I, interesting as well. Actually, in this whole series, I like how you hear. TOS sounds and even some T and G type sounds floating around kind of, kind of ties everything together. Yeah. I think a little bit. Hey, you got a bit of that in the third episode too, when they were uh, trying to replicate the wreck to Gino, you, you kind of heard, <laughs> um, it was Shh. almost, no, it was almost like the Atavacron. No, not the Atavacron. What was it? Yeah. What was that? Except, except, except the it ends with a microwave ding. <laughs> Your no, no. coffee's done. No, no. I was like, what was the what was with the ding? No, okay. it was the it was the oh. I'm trying to remember what the sound was. It's like a has that little it's almost like a transporter sound. Yeah. It's more more right. ethereal. Anyway, um, are we rating uh, it? Are we? Are we? Is our fifteen minutes up? Yes, it, our fifteen minutes uh, expired okay. a minute or two ago. But I wanted to let us wrap up. Okay. It seemed like we we're about to. See, I told you, just throw the thing out. All right. No, I'm going to try to stick to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. So we're going to rate this on. Let's rate it on, for old times' sake, on one to ten hammers. How about hammers? <laughs> zombie hammers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, could be the zombie hammer. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to. I'll go. Uh, bottom on the screen here for me uh so chuck you start all right and, uh, 
Lost in Translation. Uh, I I generally liked this. I thought there were a few weak points in the plot. Like, hey, listen to Uhura. She's only been crazy the whole show. But when she says blow up the gas station, we'll go for it. Um, yeah. So there were a few things that bothered me. I'm going to give this a, a seven and a half. It was it was good, but it it had a few too many gaps for me. Okay. Uh, Craig, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 8.3. Actually, I'll give it an 8. We're getting more uh, precise as we go. Uh, that's right. I'll give it a solid 8. I think Celia Rose Gooding uh, really shined in this episode. Yes. Uh, as she has been. Uh, really, anytime there's been a focus on her. Uh, but this episode really was great. I I like, I loved it. Uh, I like seeing... As we talked about earlier, uh, you know, Sam and uh, and Kirk going back and forth a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of things to like in this episode. And I, I agree with Chuck. There was, there was a couple of easy outs on the uh, ply holes. But other than that, it, it was it was solid. OK, and I'm going to uh, not carrying out very many decimal points, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to give it a, a 7.75. Uh, I agree with pretty much what you guys were saying. And in addition, this was our first real encounter with James T. Kirk prime Mm -hmm. timeline. Yeah. In the right space and time. (laughs) And, and he gives, and he gives a Kirk speech to Uhura. Yep. About, you know, facing death and, you know, why Mm -hmm. we're out here. Oh, I so wanted to hear that. He says, Mm. Yeah, uh, about <laughs> she says, "What did she say?" I'd never been. I I I can't face death or something. And he, and he, I expected him to say, "I got." Neither have I. You know? Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, but that comes much later. You know? <laughs> Let All me right. tell you how I got here. <laughs> I did have I did have one th- one nitpick, one big okay. nitpick. Sure. And before we move on, I'll make it quick. The emergency transport. Oh, yeah, just before like- the explosion. It seems like in the TOS era, transporters were not that quick. Well, know, as they would be in the future iterations of Star or, Trek. Yeah, where and had, from, a, a transport. from a yeah. non-transporter pad, too. Was that yeah, a but thing? Tra- well, to me, well, to me, transporters are a real issue in so many ways that I give them a lot of slack on how a transporter works. Because let's face it, it works when you need it to work, it doesn't work. The other times when it's convenient for it to not work. So suddenly now consistency within the episode might be an issue because they come across the crew person who has been slit through the stomach and they don't emergency medical transport that person. To right. Sick day. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I would call that out more than I would call out the fact that Kirk and Uhura were able to emergency transport out of, you know, the explosion mm -hmm. area. Well, in my mind, in the TOS era, the transporters were, weren't, you couldn't do like site to site and all that kind of stuff. Right. It was kind of like you had to use a pad in some form of the transport. And it wasn't, I just thought, okay, like, like computers, they were all slower and as they were older. And as they move forward in TNG, we were doing site to site and, Transporting well, cargo and all kinds of crap. You know, well, they transport. Forth. They transport out of that room where Ramon is about to uh, set off the explosion. Do they go to the transporter pad? Because if you're on a planet, 
you right. You don't have a transporter, transporter pad, pad either. You right. go to the transporter pad, though. So did they go to the transporter pad from there? I don't. They I don't must think have. See that shot. Let me check my notes. I think we got. Uh, I think we cut to like. Well, well, you're doing that. I do want to give a tip of the hat to Doctor Aaron. Well, um, uh, Chapel and Spock were playing chess. They did talk about quantum supers superposition, and you know her fingerprints were all over that script. Especially when she says, "I know that's not exactly how it works." Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All but, right. Uh, anyway, nitpick out of the way, but no, that was a good that's, episode. That's fine. Fair right. enough. Fair enough. Like I said, transporters can be kind of weird, wonky, wonky. Now we get to my favorite part of the show. Yeah, well, it is. Oh, well, that's that's good for you. It's not my necessarily favorite part of the show <laughs> because this is where I need to double check with Mr. Charlie X to make sure we're okay to do subspace chatter. So, <clears throat> oh boy, uh, oh boy, Charlie, are we all set to do subspace chatter? You don't need all that subspace chatter. <sighs> it's it's my favorite part today, only because we share the first name. <laughs> he didn't get his animal crackers today. No, oh, he's yeah. just he's having a rough day today. For it, some reason. From the picture, it looks like he's about to belch. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a very special episode. <laughs> All right. Char- so Ralph. I'm calling this uh, this edition of Subspace Chatter as close as we can get to recapping everything Trek related that happened at San Diego Comic Con. Or didn't. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's start off with uh, Chuck. All right. Paramount Plus premiered a new Home of Star Trek video featuring clips from virtually every movie and series on the service. But of course, lacking any prodigy clips, meaning the streaming service needed to drop, quote, every show, every episode. Mm-hmm. Got to learn to turn that off a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They use that line that they had been playing up ever since all the feature films returned to Paramount Plus. So it was a, it was a clever um, video. I don't know if you guys get a chance to I see it, not. but they, they do it as a yeah. intercutting between everything. And you have this conversation and like tiny plot that goes on through throughout the entire thing. So it's, it was fun. Um, and they no, don't normally, I, I noted this because they don't normally on Paramount Plus also do the movies. Usually right. you just see clips from the shows. Right. You know, classic. And, but this was everything except Prodigy. <clears throat> but uh, let's move on from there. Okay. We're going to talk. <laughs> too soon. It's too soon. It's too uh. soon. We're going to talk about Lower Decks. How about that instead? It's not too soon for that. We got a poster for season four of Lower Decks, which mimics the look of Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Yep. And this keeps in line with the other posters, which mimic the first three TOS movies. We also got a season four trailer, including, and I think you guys hopefully picked up on this, an Ernie Anderson sound-alike doing the narration. Anderson used to do the narration for the TNG episode trailers. Oh, Next right. Next time on Star Trek. Star yeah, Trek. Next right. generation. So, yes, I did. Uh, I did. I I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I don't know. I did not know his name, but I remember thinking, wait a minute. That sounds familiar. You got to listen yeah. to Larry Nemechek more. Yeah. Ernie, Ernie Anderson passed away uh, several years ago, but it was a nice callback on that. Sure. Paramount Plus announced that Lower Decks will premiere its first two episodes on September 7th. The next day, which, of course, is Star Trek Day, September 8th, there will be a special theater screening of Lower Decks. and. um 
So that there's going to be some other things in with this screening. And we're not sure if this, they didn't say what episodes would screen, whether it's going to be the same ones that premiered on the seventh or maybe the next weeks or who knows what, given what happened at Comic-Con. What else happened? Oh, IDW announced a 200 page lower decks, choose your own adventure graphic novel entitled warp your own way coming in fall <laughs> of 2024. And they do promise that there is a correct path that does get you to the end, unlike some choose your own adventures, which kind of all lead to the same place. XO6, partnering with Mondo and Funko, is producing a series <laughs> of lower decks maquette statues. The first three figures, measuring around five inches tall, will be Mariner, Boimler, and Badgie. Badgie! Oh, I'm so. I'm so getting that one. The statues come with interchangeable heads and arms. Yes, even badgy, <laughs> as well as accessories. Uh, they also set a release. Oh, they set a release date for this fall. Hallmark showed off its badgy Christmas ornament that will release in October. Now, the ornament actually comes with two figures: helpful badgy and evil, evil badgy. Of course, yeah. right? <clears throat> That's pretty good. All right, All so. So 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series. <laughs> I know. Mm -hmm. Surprise. CBS Studios is creating a creating five all new animated promotional spots in classic TAS style. But the twist is that it will feature the crew members from across the Trek universe, including Riker, Quark, Saru, all voiced by the original actors. The animation will be uh, will be by Casper Kelly not Justin T. Lee, creator of the uh, TNG and Voyager animation shorts, which I thought that was going to be the case, but not maybe not. Kelly and IDW will release a new comic titled Star Trek The Animated Celebration Presents the Shamer, or Shamer, Shamer uh, Barrier. Uh, the title refers to Lou Shamer, uh, one of the founders of Filmation. And of course, Filmation is the studio that produced Star Trek: The Animated Series. What is this yeah. album? Uh, this comic cover you've got on here with what is it? Kirk with Bullwinkle antlers. Um, Kirk <laughs> and IDW. If you listen to Craig, Kirk and IDW will also release a new comic book entitled Star Trek: The Animated Celebration, presenting the Shimmer Barrier. So this right. is a comic book that's going to be. It look, but based on the cover, it's going to be all of these Star Trek characters together in this adventure. Uh -huh. And Kirk has uh, moose antlers saying, <laughs> and the, his little bubble says uh, something to the words of the effect, we're stuck in a comic book and the artist hates us. Okay. <laughs> Riker's holding an old traditional like bowling ball bomb. It, it, this is all over the place. I I, I was listening hey. to Craig, but it wasn't registering with the bizarre imagery. So right. Kirk's new uh, warp phrase. And now here's something you'll really like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we it's new. Watch me pull the rabbit out of my head. <laughs> we also see a Tendi. We see Emrys in there. We see Uhura. <laughs> I know. I laughed background. when I saw that. I laughed when I saw this image and saw the bomb. <laughs> Surprised we didn't see Batman floating around in there yeah. somewhere. Yes, yeah, someday. Oh, Batman's not part of Star bit. Trek. <laughs> yeah, someday. A bomb. Craig, don't get silly. That's ridiculous. All right, I know. All right one more. In I the Trek anime. 
in the Trek Animation Celebration panel, John Van Siders, Sitters, VP of Star Trek Brand Development, confirmed that Paramount is working with Hagman Brothers to find a new home for Star Trek Prodigy. The complete first season has been released digitally and is available for purchase on Amazon, Google, Apple, and other streaming services for about $18. The Blu-ray and DVD, does anybody still own those? Hmm. Yes. Uh, of the second half of season one, episodes 11 through 20, will be available on September 26th. A new book aimed at middle graders. I thought it said middle agers at first. I'm like, oh, sign me up. No. Yeah. Middle, middle graders titled Escape Route will be released on August 1st. And a petition to save Prodigy now stands at nearly 32,000 signatures since June 23rd. Just to put that into perspective, the Renew the Orville petition has around 31,000 and it's been mm. active for almost two years. Sorry, mm -hmm. people. I think it lost steam a little bit there. Yeah. All right. I mean, the, the Orville one did. <laughs> so there's no firm release date for... Uh, it was announced for the final season of Star Trek Discovery. It will it will still most likely premiere in the first half of 2024. We did get a new season five trailer that mixed clips and cast interviews, plus an episode clip. In the clip, Captain Burnham encounters two mysterious figures on an alien ship. An explosion throws the captain out into space, and Burnham hangs on as the ship engages its warp drive. Whee! So she's inside the warp bubble and she's yeah. hanging on. Did you get and a chance? Either of you get a chance to look at that clip? No. I did watch it. Yes. It looked exciting. I'm trying to figure out obviously what's going on, but yeah, it looked pretty good. Right. Because we have a second uh, starship in here that's um, a Federation ship, I should say, that is having this conversation with Burnham while Burnham is like trapped yeah. on the hull of the, um, of the ship saying, well, you know, I, I, we can't let them get away. And she's saying, just, just we got your back. We're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Very weird. Very weird. It's the Cerritos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to disable the tractor beam. All right. All so right. we'll wait for more information on that. Next All up, right. Greg. All right. SDCC attendees were treated to an advanced screening of episode seven, the lower decks crossover on Saturday, but it wasn't, advanced as they believed as paramount plus also released the episode that same day for streaming five days ahead of time the trailer for the episode episode nine subspace rhapsody also premiered revealing that the episode will be the franchise's first musical episode Ta -da. rap rhapsody will feature 10 original songs all written by spock no yes. uh plus a special version of the main theme That'll be interesting. Uh, oh, wait. Is it going to be the I think theme it's the acapella version. No, it's the acapella. No, no, please don't use Gene's words. No, I think <laughs> I think it's where it's the thing we hear bits bits and pieces of the acapella uh, group doing the, um, the music. Star okay. Trek. All right. No. Yeah. No. Star Trek and the universe. Yeah, well, okay. That, uh, <laughs> and the totally soundtrack. Oh, of course, the soundtrack will be available on digital music streaming platforms afterwards mm -hmm. we'll send you or our maybe before Amazon affiliates know. link so we can make a couple pennies yeah that's right factory entertainment showed off three star trek starship models that range from a, a, a you know, just pocket change fifteen thousand to seventeen thousand dollars us yeah, drop in the bucket 
the motion picture bucket. the motion picture enterprise the tng enterprise d and the excelsior excelsior hey, you don't have to say it like stan lee i did excelsior <laughs> they also displayed the first contact type three phaser rifle to gauge fan interest and oh they, yeah they all said ah don't point that at me they all said what's the difference between a phaser rifle and a phaser uh it's got a bigger handle what's what's the deal with that bigger batteries more power ah all right and i put them if there's enough time i'm going to cover these so i'm going to cover these real quick uh, the section 31, uh, call it streaming movie event, which is what Paramount Plus is calling it, does have some information. There is, uh, in Toronto, there are some lists about productions going on. And the code name, which I can't recall offhand, but the code name for section 31 is starting to pop in. And it looks like if the strikes don't interfere with it, we're looking at October is when that will start shooting of 2027. (laughs) And the other thing that I want to mention really quickly, this is kind of important uh, from a milestone talking about the power of Trek for Paramount plus more than anything. Um, Parent analytics, which we've talked about before. Well, they, they're list, they do social media engagements and so forth to judge popularity. Strange Mm -hmm. new worlds has been in the top 10 for the past couple of weeks, which wow. is really, you know, a, a big deal. Plus mm-hmm. Nielsen, which tracks all sorts of things. And it's kind of been late to the streaming game, but they're trying to catch up ground on tracking <laughs> streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have this elite group of people they track called the gauge. And it started off with five streaming services, uh, YouTube, Amazon, uh, Netflix and a, you know a couple of other ones, just big ones. Well, this past uh, month in June, based and they acknowledge this in the video that I watched on Nielsen, based on the performance of Star Trek: Strange New World, that bumped Paramount Plus up to be on that list as well. Cool! Wow, that is awesome. So, I think that. Star Trek is doing well for Paramount Plus. We're in another That's golden age. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm, I imagine to some degree, probably Picard had something to do with that. I mean, only because it was recent, you know, before Strange New Worlds season two. And I know some people that actually got Paramount Plus just to see Picard, you know, and then, then continued on because of Strange New Worlds. Because I mm-hmm. said, hey, I said, have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that. I didn't know about it. So they go check it out. And nope. I'm like, they're like, oh, we're we're sticking with it for a while. <laughs> it's nice. We'll stick with it for a bit. <laughs> Unlike right. me, I'm like, all right, here's a lifetime commitment. Yeah, all whatever. Star Trek. Here's my money. <laughs> Not all Star Trek anymore. Ooh, that still burns. That still yeah. burns. Too soon. That's right. All right, we're going to bypass Vulcan Alberta Canada for this time around because um, it's not Trek-related, but I can cover it next uh, episode. We have links to 45 additional stories in the show notes for episode 142. And number one, oh, we're not going to read them now. Okay. No, we're not going to read them all now. (laughs) But you can find those over in the show notes for episode 142 over at the topic is trek.com. 
All right. And now we get to say goodbye to Charlie. <clears throat> goodbye, Charlie. Say, 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 say. I will hey, say Charlie, the last. The, the graham crackers are in the uh, other room. So go ahead. The the last story about Michelle Hurd talking about SAG-AFTRA. I did listen. Mm-hmm. That was on the pod directive. No, I'm sorry. It was on Delta Flyers. Uh, th- that was really, it was her and Armin Shimmerman and another woman that I didn't catch her name. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does not inspire me to want to be an actor. They, they lead a pretty, oh, yeah. pretty rough life when it's it comes to life, finance. To be, to be sure. I was, uh, watching a, uh, a video from one of the, uh, people who was a, I'll call him a semi-recurring guest star on the TV series community. Um, the person who played Inspector Space Time. Um, and he was talking about how much money he made doing the episodes of Community. And he was in, I think, a couple of episodes of Gilmore Girls that same season, uh, that right. same year. And he made, I think, a total of $5,000. And that was his yeah. best year. And it it just showed. And he said, and that made put me in the top 5% of SAG AFTRA. There's five percent. There's a hundred and sixty thousand yeah. people in that organization, and about one hundred thirty nine thousand of them don't qual don't make enough money to qualify for health care. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, Craig. It's it. Wait a minute. I'm not. I'm not disputing. It. I'm. I'm no. not. I'm not going to be as stingy forking over money for signatures anymore because I know that's a no, that's not, a source no, of income for them. Why are you preaching to me? I'm. Uh, I'm. A, I'm. I'm in league with them. I'm just saying that. I, uh, I was. I was surprised that that amount of money put him in the 5% part. That's Mm -hmm. that's what surprised me. Well, there's, there's a lot of, you know, actors out there, the, the, the bit about, you know, waiting tables and so forth, all true. All right. Let's get back to our main mission. Part two with an appropriate sound effect. Mm, This one. (laughs) I thought that was a sound effect. Well, that's somewhat, somewhat appropriate. Yes, because, it is. I'm trying to be on par. <laughs> because right. we're talking now about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 2, Episode 7, Those Old Scientists. Here it is, folks. They sprung <laughs> it on Catherine us as a bonus. Lynn and Bill uh, Walkoff, and directed by this, uh, once again, this newcomer, <laughs> Jonathan rookie. Frakes. Hey, director rookie. Ah, he's, he's got, you know, something going. Did pretty for good him, for a first-timer. All right, so this one is like, it's just this little magical gift that we were given uh, early. Um, and let who wants to sound off first on something? Because it's it's just bit after bit after bit. And actually, oh it, was a, it was an episode that actually had a story. Yeah. Had some heart. They, and it blended well. It was not campy or cheesy. It was, it was well-written. Yet the humor uh, came through on both sides. And it wasn't I, afraid to call itself out. You had that one thing where Mariner and Boimler were talking in the shuttle. Yeah. And you notice how quickly, how uh, slow everybody how talks? Slow talks. <laughs> yeah. And so softly too. Yeah. I, I, I con- totally concur because when I was watching the third episode that we'll talk about in a little bit, I had to stop partway through and turn captions on because I couldn't hear everybody was oh. talking so low. We always have captions <laughs> on. Driving me I nuts. I'll I'll say one other thing. Mm-hmm. Jack Quaid did an awesome job embodying Boimler, he, especially when they, when him and Spock were uh, trying to make the um, 
uh, forget the name of they were they had it in the container. They were synthesizing the yeah the the, the and thing. it started to blow up and he did that kind of he did the oh, scream oh, oh. he did the scream <laughs> and he did the scream and backed up with his hands like, not just that like I mean I, I was expecting the scream somewhere in that show. What I wasn't expecting is when uh uh number one comes up and talks to Mariner and he like skedaddles out of there, he does his little fast walk down the hall. He does he does the yeah. section thirty one fast walk. He was he, he even talked about this on the ready room, how he like studied yeah. the way that he was animated and tried to emulate that. This was completely backwards for me because you know, these these two are normally voice actors and to put them into a real acting situation, I think they did a, well, wait a fine minute. job. Uh, Jack Quaid is not a primarily voice actor. Well, that's true. He's okay, in, okay. He's in The Boys and mm-hmm. other stuff too. But Oh, but right, yeah, right. It, it would be kind of weird taking your animated I just saw him the other character. day. I was, watch, I was watching Rampage. He's in Rampage. That, oh, that, is he? <laughs> that movie with The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be, I agree with you though, Chuck. It would be weird taking your animated character and then embodying it and make it real you know so right but i think they both did a great job well tawny newsom's a, a fast talker anyway mm-hmm. she you know, she, she was... lives for improv i swear she she did that on the whole cruise it was just one thing after another she brings it to life well yeah I, one of the uh things that they talked about in the radio room is jonathan franks said that he was invited to the um the voice work session for this episode where mike mcmahon was directing you know yep. The, the four cast members, well, five cast members to do uh, their stuff. And he was amazed that the way Mike kind of did stuff is uh, here's the basic setup. Mm-hmm. Now there's like improv, 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 yep. improv, improv, improv. And you just kind of then go back and edit and right. you, know, you get your, you get your episode out of that. So I think that that really was good for Jonathan to do because he then realized that he had to let, you know, Jack and Tani do the same thing here to just, you know, little, little asides going back and forth all the time, including that Riker, which was an improv. Oh line. yeah. It, it, that was great. When he, when he oh, raises his leg I, over I the saddle. I had to rewind that. I went, did he say, did he yep. just say Riker? Riker. <laughs> Not I'm going to do the Riker or here's Riker. Or the Riker. It's like Riker. Yeah. And I love how uh, even Spock calling us as, you, do you realize their their references are oddly specific? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and creepy Spock, and the smiling and the laughing. It was it was creepy. Oh. I will tell you, do not watch this show on an airplane. I was trying not to laugh out loud, and I was just holding yeah. it in, but my eyes were watering. It was so funny, yeah. so many bust, times. Yeah, this scene right here when he busted out laughing, I was like, "Whoa, where are we going with this?" and and it kind of freaked me out because you don't expect yeah. a pointier guy to start laughing like that. And, and then and the point was just to Mbanga, does he do that or is that new? Oh, that's definitely new. That's new. That's new. <laughs> Again, Ethan Peck is doing a great job with Spot because, you know, as seriously as you take him, when he has those kind of subtle uh, emotional moments yeah. or takes it up a notch, it's like he went from one stream to the other. He's doing this so well. Uh He's he's earned his ears. And and you know, he's established himself in the character so much that one of my favorite lines in the entire episode is when um Boimler and Mariner are explaining how they can get the get the get them back to their own time. Mm-hmm. And they went to this the uh, the fleet museum 
Yeah. And, you know, Pointless says, I didn't pay attention. And, but, you know, Mary says, I did. Surprise. And Spock says, with a straight face, it is surprising because she does not normally pay attention. Now, yeah. <laughs> Calling out what the joke is. And then, yeah. and then later, you know, they said, uh, uh, how did you, how did, when they're talking to the Orion at the portal and she says something like, I feel like they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Hey, by the way, notice something here about Spock's face. You know, most people, if they were laughing like that, their eyes were, eyebrows would be kind of up. His right. are all even because because <laughs> they're normally pointing, pointing down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he is nailing that Spock character. I'm telling you, the the ending where the where the Strange New Worlds crew was animated because they were drinking the Orion Hurricanes, which I'm sure we will have on the next Star Trek cruise if they can find oh, yeah. some Orion Delac. Uh, <laughs> And this tastes funny. And then you get Embega's closing line on that. What's in this stuff? Yeah. My arm does not normally out. do this. She's checking her face out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. look at my eyes. Look at Spock's yeah, Sp- arm. Spock's arm is all wavy. <laughs> yeah. But, but our, our oh, we, like, I'm so, fine with it. She we like, missed yeah, a key stuff. emotional point on that last episode where... Kirk and Spock get introduced when Uhura introduces Kirk and Spock yes. together. That was that was a great closing scene. And and I went online because I know in my head I've heard the song that's playing. When I went online, everybody thinks it's Till There Was You, and it's not. No. It's a song, and um, listener Diana's there. Maybe she could maybe she picked up on it. I hear the line when you hear the uh, the the bit from the chorus of it's almost like being in love is the, is the lyric I'm hearing. And I couldn't place, I, I the couldn't song. place the song either, but it is so familiar yet. I couldn't, I couldn't nail down any. Yeah. Right. So I couldn't. So if anybody out there, but it, I, it's not till there was you, which is what I was finding is people say, no, it's, it's definitely, I think it's definitely not that anyway. Right. Back, back to those old scientists. Uh, yes. I didn't, I didn't really care. I, I loved all the other, Strange New Worlds animated characters, but their their Pike was a little off. I don't know what it was, but he just as soon oh, as they, the animated stuff. the animated stuff at the very end, like mm. was the hair not big enough for you, or something, or <laughs> maybe I don't know. I, 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 it was I something about like his watch... jawline or something. I'm like, mm. yeah, I, this episode was so good, so well done that uh, I mean, like I said, I watched it like three times the same day. Uh, I just. <laughs> It was yeah. so much fun to watch. And then there's just a slight, as a enough hint of a uh, blue hair, purple hair. Mm-hmm. On, it wasn't <laughs> all the, purple though. Uh, the it, When he's animated, it's all purple, but it was, it was still black in the back. I'm like, well, oh, it why would, wouldn't you do that? I don't do know. That? It might look a little weird if his whole head was purple. Why yeah. would it? It's not <clears> they had a discussion about that. I don't know. I'm sure they did. I'm sure. Well, it could be also a case of if it was that vibrant, it might've not registered well. And I think that it would, you, you could reach the point where it's distracting where you're not paying attention because you're looking at the hair is too weird looking. So I think they were trying to come up with a way to translate it, but not have it be super distracting it, all the time. It's Star Trek. It's the future. You can do anything you want with a hairdo. Well, you can. I've seen some I'm YouTubers thinking, with uh, rainbow colored hair. So. I don't disagree. I'm thinking that though, that if you're watching the episode, you might go, boy, that is really, really purple. <laughs> and <laughs> Mariner's hair wasn't distracting? <laughs> well, Mariner's hair was Mariner's hair. It wasn't a color, at least. It was voluminous. It was. I did. It wasn't I, 
by the way, I did like that part when they're on the shuttle and they're trying to use the communications array on the shuttle. And Mariner goes, okay, I'm in. I never get caught. Or, and, and then and like, there's Lon. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then the, the, the following scene when they got put in front of Pike and and yeah. his speech about you know, how many you know assuming you know, you're not going to be around very much he says I know what you're talking yeah. about I already know uh, you know would how many yes, and, people and, and um I, I like how right at that point um Mariner says you mean you know about that and she does these gestures I'm mean, like the chair like the the you know about yeah, that? yeah. yeah. making the yeah that's right and, and and yet it turns into a very touching moment about mm-hmm. how many people wouldn't you know want another few moments with you so i i like that whole birthday thing it's like yeah because oh, friday Brad, friday Brad is... actually had a had some nice insight on that did yeah he? he goes well maybe somebody else wants to hang out with you for a little while yeah friday longer. friday is pike's birthday how do you know it's pike's birthday because <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a holiday in the future oh, oh darn. it'd be like us knowing picard day <laughs> i swear to wharf wait yeah no. yeah holy cute don't say his name you know there was just <laughs> Trelane so... thing going on here right yeah. now yeah <laughs> they would call Trelane out there that was yeah wharf's on her crap yeah it was interesting as well in this scene i thought it was almost a uh an indirect call out to Star Trek Beyond because in Star Trek Beyond, you have that scene where McCoy and Kirk are talking oh. in, you know, but they're having a drink and he's now like yes. a year. Kirk is a year older than his father yep. was yeah. when he died on the Kelvin. Yep. So you kind of had that same kind of vibe going there with this. Scene. I do remember having that, that a similar thought when they were talking about that. Yeah. Any other bits you want to talk about from those old scientists? Oh man, we could probably make a whole show just out of that episode, but I think well, we there's, better there's also um, the, the poster. poster, numero yeah. una. <laughs> yeah. Um. So described first as so it's a, a pinup pin poster. poster. Well, it's pinned up. Are we talking about the same thing? Poster. So <laughs> I, like I like how she goes. Are, are we talking about the same thing? I think we are. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. But yeah. it turns out she did want to know because she is now, as uh, Mariner says, literally the poster girl or woman for, for which, which, which if you think, is a huge leap considering yeah. she was just in court mm-hmm. for being part of Starfleet, you know? Right. But she and and she used that phrase, and now it's like the recruitment poster is like they put that on a poster, and she was really yeah. touched. Yeah, just like and we, just like Pike was touched. I was like, oh, I don't think Boimler could handle being put in prison by a man he dressed up as for Halloween. <laughs> did oh. you really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Pike Every, did kind of stum up. They kept I think. they kept putting Pike on his back, you know, on his heels when they'd throw something like that. I mean, he was always like, yeah. this guy really admires me, and it threw him off, which threw off his judgment because he's like, I could I could fix the ship for you. I could make it go fast if you don't look. Yeah. <laughs> so, are we going to well, say, Craig? I think that uh, Pike kind of summed up all of Lower Decks with one line. He said, "It's like take, trying to keep a toddler from knocking over all the furniture." Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have twice the problem. We've got two of them. Yeah, of now we get two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of, like, I was kind of hoping that we would see a, a version of Tindy and Rutherford. Uh, not that they would come over. But like see them through the portal or something. Right. That that was a, I have a, almost a feeling like that was going to happen and maybe it didn't because you have when they get back to the 
cartoon side of things, Rutherford saying they seemed nice, like we, like he could see them, and everyone on the other side could see could see them. So you probably in the script, I've got a feeling that scene was there, but maybe timing issues and COVID issues or something prevented that from actually happening. Yeah, I like that. They seem nice. It's a badge. (laughs) It's a it's a badge and a communicator. Oh, I I like ours better. (laughs) Well, an interesting point on that. Pike has seen a com badge before. He saw one being used by Section 31. Oh. Right? Uh, And so he, I think that maybe because he has to express surprise when Una shows it to him. Well, he was surprised. He was just dismissing it. Oh, I like ours better. They flip. Well, he seemed, he seemed surprised part. that that's what it did. He's, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also got to kick out of the poster because you have Ransom come along going, hot as first officer in Starfleet, thinking, that's his wife. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That say. was funny. <laughs> Literally, that's his wife. That's right. That was funny. All right. Look at that. Right, right on time. All right. All right. This is up. So we are going to do our ratings of those old scientists. Uh, what's our rating scale for this one? Um. Oh, I had one. I don't remember what it was posters. now. Recruitment posters. Um, heronium. Heroniums. Okay. Heroniums. So I am going to rate this. <laughs> who I am going to rate this. I hate to give it a ten, but gosh darn it! I I'm I'm going to give it a nine point seven five because ten just <laughs> seems well. Ten to me is like I said. I've had this discussion. Ten to me seems like it's perfection super perfect so right. i'm gonna say 9.75 for this <laughs> all right so craig what about you uh i am you know what i'm gonna be in the same boat as you i'm gonna give it a 9.75 i would have given it a 10 but it's, it's got to be super perfect to be a 10 and this is probably almost as close as you're going to get so uh i loved every bit of it uh even when they were real they didn't look uh or act too campy you know like a like they were in some respects i mean boimler you know jumping around uh, screaming and stuff but so but i I really loved it i think it's well so well done i was amazed how well it turned out so yeah okay and what about you chuck i laugh because i had the same internal discussion it's like when i watched it I'm like this is 10 and then i thought about it later i was like are you sure about that are you yeah. really sure? It's like everybody on the airplane's like, "What?" No, no, everybody was thinking I was convulsing or something because I was laughing yeah. so hard. Guy behind right. me probably thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't stop shaking. Uh, yeah, I, a nine seven five is where I'm leaving this one. All righty. You know, I, that's pro- that's probably the highest. Pro- <laughs> I love that picture. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of good images in this one. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the highest we've rated any episode, I think. Uh, possibly so. I, I We'll get listener Diane to let us know on the yeah, spreadsheet. She's, she's going, look, I gave her the spreadsheet. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm Did done. Boimler and Spock wear the same apron that uh, Pike uses for cooking? Could be. Could be. <laughs> yes, I, I, have, I have an Im- image of them poking up from behind the uh, the pillar. Yep. It says all that in a hubcap, too, because I don't know if you noticed, but the sound design in that explosion Ends with this cartoon sound 
of a hubcap spinning and slowly stopping yeah. spinning. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, that's no, right. That's exactly what it is. It's a hubcap. And it's like, oh my God, that's like, a, that's classic cartoon, you know, explosion noise. It's, it's, it's just great. It's just great. 9.75. You know, by the way, I kept seeing when Spock had those glasses on, I was like, where have I seen a Spock like that before? And uh, I thought he had wearing some glasses like that. And I think it was a, a meme like the party Spock mm-hmm. uh, meme and he had glasses on and it just made me think of those, but it seems like Spock's had some weird glasses on like that before. Right. Well, he had on, no, he didn't. It was number one who had the, the, those uh, special glasses on when they were, Oh, well, Spock had the glasses on when he, with, with the Medusin. Yeah. So those were different I was though. Thinking, yeah, I was thinking about the um, the goggles that number one uses in the cage. Yep. When they're using the, um, the oh, phase, phase cam laser or, or phaser. Yeah. Laser oh, wait, phase rifle. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, it's not, they don't look quite the same, but remember that red visor that he had? Yeah, from the, the red. Yeah, from the Medusans. Yeah, that's the one from the Medusans. Oh, okay, that's the one I'm thinking. Okay, yes, yes. Which I think is called Is There in Truth No Beauty? I that is that, that is episode. the name. You got it. All it right. is. Yep. All right. Let's move on to our final episode. Thanks, Paramount, for springing this on us. Uh, let's see. Who hasn't read the intro yet? Craig. Uh, Craig. Me, okay. Me. All right. All right. So this is season two, episode eight, Under the Cloak of War, written by Davy Perez, directed by Jeff W. Bird. Excuse me. Uh, the short synopsis is Captain Pike and his crew welcome the, a Klingon defector aboard the USS Enterprise, but his presence triggers the revelation, uh, revelation, excuse me, of some shocking secrets. Shocking secrets, indeed. I just call this the PTSD episode. Well, we get um, this episode is kind of got elements of a couple of different things there's the episode of tng with the defector the romulan defector yep uh i also thought of it uh, chancellor gorkon um yep. in this as well uh i thought about the episode of uh deep space nine uh first season where uh um they bring the uh, cardassian on board who was you know, accused of all the different war crimes oh um was it a general the one that Kira was yes, yes. it's like oh, he is yeah. he isn't he is he why are you right. pretending to be someone that we all hate and also the original series episode um conscious of the king where Kodos the executioner is involved I even in had I even had throwbacks to episodes of mash the way they were handling hmm. the injured incoming wow. you know the, the the transporter pad just wouldn't stop bringing them dead it, it was kind of like radar signaling heli- incoming helicopters but one thing that uh, I think we all agree on is that it was good to see Clint Howard, Clint Howard jumped right. right off the screen at us. I expected yep. him to hand me a glass of Tranya. So this is Clint's fourth appearance on Star Trek, dating all the way back to the first season, first couple of episodes of the original series. The advantage of being nine years old when you do your part. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's right. So, yeah, he was he was playing the chief medical officer on Jagal, which is where Chapel is sent, because uh, we have a flashback to um, this time period when the ambassador, 
comes on board and we get uh, we get a lot of history about Mbenga's, Mbenga and and chapel of right and they've hinted at a lot this of, before yeah kind of where a lot of Mbenga's um emotion comes from about uh, the klingons about war yep um you know all these types of things we also get to see him use a trick in this one that we see him use in season one, yep. which is keeping a patient alive in the buffer. Oh yeah. Yep. And oh, unfortunately, I thought in this you were case, gonna, for a minute, I thought you were talking, you were skipping mm-hmm. ahead and talking about the stuff he was injecting himself with. Oh, well that, yeah, that's some season two though. So, uh, I, so this time around, it doesn't work out so well because this time around he has to clear that buffer because there's more incoming and they, they need all the space mm-hmm. in the transporters. So, uh, definitely is is a case of this is uh, another thing this could uh, remind you of is uh, the siege episode of Deep Space Nine, where you yes. just get to see the horrors of war mm-hmm. uh, because you have all sorts of injuries coming in um, to the medical facility and they don't have an organ um, replicator. So if you come in with an injury, normally it would be not a problem to fix it, but they can't. It would be convenient to have one of those nowadays. Indeed. I didn't indeed. realize there were so many close-ups of Dr. Mbenga on this episode. I didn't realize what hollow cheeks he has. That beard really does hey. hide them well. But when they did the close-ups, like, wow, you go hey. right under his cheekbones forget, and there's nothing. Forget his cheeks. Can we talk about how cut he was? He is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy's Craig got was, some shape to Craig him. was looking at the other cheeks. Indeed. <laughs> well, hey, now. Hey, now. Eh, he's, he's got it going on. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, we get we get a, an awful. We also get the origin. We don't get the origin per se, because uh, an Andorian uh, who's fighting him, obviously in the side of uh, the Federation, comes to Mbenga saying that we need you on the front lines, referring to the fact that you take the green stuff. Yes. And go out there. That's what I was and, talking about a moment ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, so that's that's okay. Um, so Mbenga is very, very, very reluctant to do that because that's his past. He now wants to save lives, not take them. Right. And so he's he's conflicted, but he's he's standing his ground on it um until we we get that um that bit with the the foot soldier, if you will, the ground pounder who is brought in and he's patched up and Mbenga gives him a speech about, you know, what I, I feel like Mbenga kind of almost made his own bed to lie in there because he really gave an emotional speech to the, the soldier about essentially why we fight. Yes. And then suddenly yeah. the soldier has to go off and fight in a suicide mission. And and then Mbenga's like, you don't have to do this. I can I can yeah. you know write you a <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's not I, what I meant. I can write you a doctor's <laughs> note to get out of gym class. Right. Well, he he literally just sewed him up. He was still healing. He wasn't even so oh, it's time. No, 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 no. I he forgot so, to start um, it. <laughs> wait, he forgot to start it. Oh, okay. Okay. I, we've been talking for a few minutes, so I'll just I'll give us a bit more. If we <laughs> if we have more to say about it. I I also felt like I felt like we're meant to not know how it all goes down in sick bay. 
that we purposely see this fight that happens at the end behind the behind the gl- from behind uh, the, the frosted the gl- glass, frosted glass you, yeah you cannot tell right cuz who does what you didn't see they they he walked away from the table the knife was in the box and then Christine this walks around. She's looking through the glass. Him, didn't you see him reach back? I can't remember. I didn't no, see him reach back. The there, was, there was a scuffle and then uh, Ra fell down. Oh, he fell on the knife. Okay. Well, ah. no. Yeah. And then and, and this is where it got unclear for me because Christine is saying, yeah, I saw the whole thing. This is how it went down. Now, is she covering for him? Uh, maybe a little. I... I'm because I'm wondering. Yeah, did did she, you know what did she see? Is this what she saw as well? I think and when so she walked around, she could see. She said, "Oh, doctor, you don't know what you've done, but I'll stand behind you. Whatever you want to do, let's make up a story and stick by it." I I think this is this is a con job. I that, think that was a deleted scene, Chuck. <laughs> that's that's my <laughs> assumption of what happened when the cameras were off. We also yeah. get we also get a um. A moment at the end where Pike is talking with Mbenga yeah. about the situation. And it seems like Mbenga is going to say that he's the one that did it. His last line, I forget what he says just before then. He's like, you expect that? The next thing goes, but he just says, and I'm not uh, sorry. I'm glad it. he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sorry he's dead. Yeah. The the whole reveal that Mbenga is the butcher of Jagal mm-hmm. uh, was, was rather disturbing. Um, yeah, because I was like, yeah, I was. And then you realize mind, that yeah. that Raw was has been taking credit. He's been building his new career as an ambassador on that. I think false you mean. Assist. I think you mean brand. He's been building. Yeah, a- that's right. <laughs> but the yeah, the bio bed two thing at the end. It's like, well, you know, some things just can't be. They they can't be fixed. They can just be managed. And then it breaks down as he walks away. Yeah, no, I was waiting. I was like, I know it's going to break down. Ah, there it goes. Now, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that the ambassador had was legit was legit in what he was actually doing? That the, he didn't have a, a hidden agenda on that side of things. We know that he was not telling, being completely truthful about his reputation. But do you get the sense that? He was being legit. I do. I do. Craig. Uh, oh, uh, time out uh, for it. Do you think he it, was the things he, that he wanted to do? Yeah. Did, he, he was, did you think his, the ambassador was was doing what Ortegas said? Is he's just doing a long game so we can get in Federation secrets, stuff, et cetera. Federation yeah. secrets, or was he? being legit in that he had changed, but he didn't mind also tacking on this reputation that he had. I think, um, I feel like, uh, that, um, he was probably genuine in what he was doing Yeah, because I don't think he would have the, where I don't think he was, uh, good enough to actually infiltrate, you know, for secrets and stuff. I don't, Oh no, I don't quite get that. We have a, a note here from listener Diane who says mm-hmm. Mbenga was completing the black ops mission he was sent on and finally killed him. So, Ooh. so he wow. couldn't get to him at that point, but he could, you know, in sick bay with no one else around and finish what he started out to do. That's mm-hmm. an interesting take. Yeah. 
I mean, we know that, well, we, we believe anyway that Mbenga took it upon himself to do this and for what his motives were. He had a lot of motives to do this. And, you know, I think this is the case where Pike is just looking the other way yeah. in this situation. So it 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 very much of a of a dark side and well even Pike offered to help him out as best he can. Yeah, yeah I, not to the extent that Chapel was going to, but yeah, I, I I don't know if it. I understood why Pike invited them all to the dinner as well, but I felt mm-hmm. like ooh, that's really a big ask. I yeah. I got an undiscovered country uh, feel on that. Oh, dinner, absolutely. Way. Yeah. yeah, you got. I was ready for a second. Well, they started. Yeah, uh, they, uh, Ortega started talking Klingon. I was thinking, when is she going to start doing the, uh, Shakespeare? the whole Shakespeare thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Alrighty. Do we have any other thoughts on? Only the, the pretty heavy stuff. Only that this was a palate cleanser from the the comedy show. Oh my gosh, week. the pendulum the couldn't what? have swung any further the other way. Well, that, you can't put too many. Light horrid episodes. No, together, absolutely you know, you not. Up. But so this was actually, I think, a perfect drop. You know, for for that maybe yeah, a little heavy, maybe a little heavy. But we've yeah. we've talked about this fact that you've got ten episodes. They all have different feels to them, and you have to decide how you're going to program those ten episodes. You we, when you're breaking the stories because if there's threads that are running through them, you have to decide. Okay. We are making the conscious decision that after those old scientists, we would do a crossover mm-hmm. with Lower Decks. We're going to have an episode about death. Well, the threads <laughs> and lots of death and dying yeah. and death and death. The threads seem to be in order, but the star dates are out of order. Because mm. when when fine. Boimler asked what's the star date, it was like two. It was two thousand something. And yep. this one was definitely, I wrote it down, 1875.8. They went backwards, but uh, now granted, there wasn't well, a laughing Spock in here, so he wasn't broke yet. But um, yeah. I believe that star dates are, are weird. You have this kind of cover on it that it somehow is also affected by the local gravitation, but because in the original <laughs> series, some of the solar flares and they try to. They try to say it's it, it's a relative time uh, just to kind of get around that. You know, typically they should be in order. Well, I know what I'm asking if, Dr. Aaron this time. Well, I mean, she, she'd have to be able to justify start dates to begin with. is probably be a, an, an issue and a half to, to start yeah. off with. Can can you explain the the uh, the relationship between star dates and black hole gravitational pull? <laughs> <laughs> so this was also a relatively short episode compared to the other ones. I think there's some clocks in it 45 minutes or so. Oh, I didn't even pay attention to the time. And the last two episodes were, I believe, over an hour long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, there, were the, there weren't a lot of subplots going on here. We, we pretty much were just concentrating on Mbenga, somewhat on Chapel, yep. and the Ambassador in here for the most part. So, he had really good teeth for a Klingon. Did you notice that? Well, he, he, he <laughs> making himself presentable. He, he went to see a guy, you and, know, and dreadlocks. Yeah. 
All right, so let's rate this, and we're going to go back the other way now. So we'll start off with Chuck. Uh, what are we rating it on? One, uh, to ten. one to five. One to five? No, one to five. One to ten. One, one to ten. What do we got here? What? Klingon daggers? Sure, let's go with that. With bio, bad bio beds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to give this one an eight. I thought the acting was wonderful. The the story was good. It was very weighty in terms of uh, the 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 horrors of war and what it inflicts on people's psyche afterwards. Uh, we're still in an early, well, a very a very tumultuous relationship with the Klingons. So I I thought it was all plausible at this point. The um, the reason I didn't go any higher was because it just it, it it felt a little slow paced in places and i don't like the fact that they that this is the second time we've seen exercise in a room that has pillars in the middle of it <laughs> terrible place for a gym danger it's like they kicked yeah. somebody out of their bedroom and said we're gonna practice jujitsu in here now uh yeah. <laughs> so that kind of bothered me so you really you've got Places in the more of the center of the saucer section. Hey, at yeah. least they were practicing it in the ready room, which was everything else seems to happen these days. So <laughs> yeah, right. So eight daggers it is. Okay, mm-hmm. eight daggers. And what about you, Craig? Um, uh, I think this is one of those episodes that really highlights again how good of a cast this is. Yep, Babs nailed it. I thought I, I really felt. That he his character was in uh, pain from all the stuff that they've seen, you know, the war. Not just him, but uh, Christine and um, and Ortegas as well. You know, they they were all dealing with. It. Although I will say that I think uh, Ortegas to be as upset about things as she was, we didn't see enough of her dealing with her demons. We saw a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's just not not quite as much. So, uh, but anyway, I I also give it a uh, a solid eight, solid, solid eight. Okay. And uh, we're going to agree again. I'm going to give this a solid eight as well for all the reasons uh, that, that you gave. One of the reasons that I thought this episode was interesting is that probably it's probably not the case, but I feel like this episode gave us more time in the Klingon war than all of discovery did. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were knee deep in the Klingon war on on the ground level of this. And in Discovery, we got a much higher level look at the war, but this was down to the foot soldiers. And I thought that was a nice, you know, grounding effect um, presentation to give on that because it happened and you got to acknowledge that it happened. And even Pike says, some of the people on on my ship served in the war and some didn't so some people don't mind whether the klingon ambassador is here and other ones mind an awful lot including apparently the person at the transporter controls because they did not look happy either yeah Yeah. and they just she was a throwaway it's like they showed her and it's like uh as she cared about it but uh you know really i know we're 142 episodes in but i want to put to the the committee that we start something new that i was inspired by (laughs) Uh, Delta Flyers, now that they're finishing up their trek through Voyager, mm-hmm. uh, nope. they go, when they, after they rate, they go to what they call their captains and admirals rating. Uh, I'm going to IMDb. 
which I think might oh. be the same thing. So okay. lost in translation, what did we give it? I think I said seven and a half, and you guys went. Okay. Oh, you just said seven and a half. Wait, two eight. I did a seven point seven point seven. Okay. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. All right, we need we need some committee like captains and admirals or whatever. But uh, you know, we checked in with Starfleet, and they gave it a seven point four. Those old scientists, we all rated a solid nine and three quarters. So what is the rating there? Because out like, of ten, I mean, but I mean, um, based on what? I don't know. It just says seven point four <laughs> out of ten. People, I think people uh, submit that. Yes, yeah. because like for the under the cloak of war. Now for their show, they're doing Voyager, which has a long average that can be done for these. It's only been out like a few the, days or hours. Right. So right. yeah, under the cloak of war, they've got eight point six, and those old scientists they rated at nine point three. So we were a little oh, high, but a little low on cloak of war. We're yeah, we're. Sort of in line, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not radically off. We're not going, that was a three. <laughs> yeah, the three. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so we can do that, but yeah, just keep that in mind that those ratings aren't the long tail no. <laughs> rating. I will say, other. I want to say one other thing. I know Ortega's is supposed to have some kind of origin story around here somewhere. We're running hasn't out happened of time. yet, as far as I can tell. Yeah, we're running out of time. I hope that wasn't it, because... uh there, you know, there wasn't much there. Yeah, she can get to season like, three. But I do like, uh, no, they said they were going to have it this season, right? So, yeah, yeah. But I, I think um, I really like seeing some backstory on Mbinga because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, he's one of the, well, there's others, but he's one that we don't really know a whole lot about, you know. Right, right. We, he was in two episodes of the original series. So we really don't know much about the character from yeah. his first appearances. Right. All right. So it's time now for our warp speed roundtable with an appropriate sound effect. Oh, let's see. Hmm. We didn't give a sound effect for the third episode either. I would have gone uh, with this. You did this and this because it was my. under the cloak of war. Mm. Ah, let's see. You want that's right a, out of the? That's right out of the current episode. Warp speed okay. roundtable, huh? Let's, yeah. let's. Oh, I know. We could have used that one for Cloak of War, too. Hmm. Yes, because... Fascinated by the bosun whistle. whistle, What is this thing that you... Yeah. It's a weapon. We're shooting you. (laughs) We're killing you with song. We only know one note. Well, we we blow this whistle so it wards off the demons as uh, you appear on the transporter. Which in-universe crew (laughs) would you like to most meet? So that is our Wapsby Roundtable question is... So we're talking... not, Not the actors at a convention... But if you were <laughs> like Boimler yep. and you could go, where would you want to go? So I'll start off to kind of go in reverse order again. Right. I would like right. to go um, not just because it's animated, but I like to go to meet the animated crew because. Which one? The original? Uh, the animated Star Trek, T- the animated T-A-S. series. Okay. To, right. to see, you know, Eric's and Emress and kind of meet. Exactly, Eric. So looking for you, um, <laughs> I'd like to, you know, spend some time with that crew because we we don't really get a lot of time to spend with them. How does that's this true. guy we get, sit we get 24 down? 24 episodes or so, and that's it. So three legs. How does he sit down? I will. I would find out very carefully. Yes. <laughs> and what about you, Craig? Ooh, uh, that's a good one. Um, I'm actually thinking. TNG because uh, 
I think the TNG crew, because they they know how to relax and have fun after hours, as well as when they get to work, they get to work, you know. So uh they seem like they're uh they're they're more well rounded. How about that? Okay. You would have been one of Nagilam's first, Craig. <laughs> I was hoping for Tasha Yar, but okay. <laughs> oh, Tasha. Oh, I'm sure you wouldn't have been Tasha's first. <laughs> no, Data was. <laughs> no, I doubt that too. All right, Ta- let's move on, shall we? What about what about you, Chuck? I was doing a process of elimination, and I was I was thinking about not this. You, not you, not you. Well, right. It was like this one's kind of dangerous. This one is kind of stiff. It was like, would I hang out with these people? You know, play darts with Bashir and uh, 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 yeah. I got Brian. O'Brien, yes, I'm sorry. I, I call him meanings. His name was stuck in my head. Like, what? The, what's his character name? It's Hammer Time. Yes, it's, I understand. It, it is Hammer Time. <laughs> uh, you know, and then I went to Discovery. I went round and round, and I I finally settled on TNG as well. It just okay. seemed like I could I could sit down and hang out with those people when I was off hours easier. I don't know why. Just don't sit in the chair in 10 and go Riker because it just, it's not going to go over well. <laughs> Actually, I got, I got another, I got a, I got a better answer. Okay. Uh, I would like to hang out with the crew of Cork's treasure. <laughs> that was Cork's ship, <laughs> which is really Rom, Cork and, uh, uh, Nog. So, <laughs> I see. uh, here you go. His, his, you know, you'd be on that Cork's Ferengi head. oceans 11 mission to save Moogie. That's right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they always they know how to uh, you know, cover their own, you know, and make a profit. So cover their own assets, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. We definitely the corks treasure. <laughs> because it's about the time to refill the dilithium chamber and to try to warp on out of here. You can find me, Clinton, at Comedy Forecast, all one word with the number four.com. And who speaks for you people? Go ahead, Chuck. You people. You can, you find, can us. find us at what? You can find us <laughs> te- te- Technorama Podcast. Just Google it. You'll find our podcast. You'll find our website. You'll find our YouTube channel. It's all out there. It's easy to spell Technorama. We made it that way so we could spell it. That's right. <laughs> or the Swiss Science Museum could as well. One or the other. If they start a oh. podcast, we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, no. But on that note, it's time to hit the theme, boys. I guess we. I guess they'll never be able to start a podcast after what we did to the name. No. <laughs> if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on X at the topic is Twitter. Visit our <laughs> Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck Craig and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't, don't put on put that on red, shirt. red shirt. You shirt. fool. Haven't you learned anything? Bunch of tools.